Welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. My name is Vivian Aqua and I am the Workplace Wellness Advocate. And today I have something serious to say. I know that a lot of platforms currently are participating in the blackout Tuesday today, but I already had this live show planned and I already wanted to speak on things. So today, instead of holding a blackout Tuesday, I am holding a speak up blackout or a speak up black Tuesday. So what I'm going to talk about is something that is really close to my heart and um, maybe a spoiler alert, maybe I'll cry, maybe I'll be angry, maybe I'll be sad, but know that this subject, it isn't a subject that we should look away. It is a subject that is affecting young and old, and I'm going to talk about this. So for the people that have been watching, this is my son, Orlando. This is the time when he was three, but he at the moment is six. And I am having a hard time explaining to him what is happening in the world and why it is that we black people a lot of people are demonstrating for equal rights. Tell me, how can I educate? How can I help my son understand this? Because I, as an adult, I'm 39 years old. I can even understand what's happening outside. Why people are losing their lives just because of the, 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 the tone of their color, the tone of their skin. Help me understand, help me understand. So yesterday there was a demonstration here in Amsterdam. It was about Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people are, um, there were a lot of people on the Dam Square in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And um, a lot of people are now debating about, you know, there were too many people. We weren't keeping our distance. We weren't being mindful of our distance. But know that every black person, every person of color, or most people with most people of color, have been dealing with microaggression. I myself have dealt with microaggression. And um, that's also one of the reasons why I started this show to humanize the workplace because there were so many, so many occasions where the dehumanization has been started. So that's why today I'm speaking up. I'm speaking up for those who can't and for those who are afraid to speak up. And even I myself, I'm shaking here because I feel like it's 2020 and why are we still talking about this? The reason why I started this show has to do with the fact that by the time that Orlando becomes an adult, I don't want him to deal with the BS. I don't want him to deal with the BS that we are dealing with now. And that's why I'm doing this at the moment, speaking up for those who can't or those who are afraid or those who don't know how. And not that I know how, because I'm learning along the way but I have to do something because you have to think that children now are realizing there is something happening. They are seeing their parents, they are seeing their the family members crying, being upset and not knowing what they are about, what, not knowing how they are supposed to react. So help me, how am I going to explain this to my son? How am I going to do this? If you have the answers, please let me know because I don't know how to explain to him that we are all equal, but it's because of the, the color of our skin that we are treated differently. Help me understand. I also want to bring to the light a post that a previous guest speaker shared recently about this instance. And she was at the dump square yesterday saying that now is the time for companies to speak up. 
it's not about employer branding. It's about the human branding. Now is the time to do what's right. Now is the time to make that, that statement that you're supporting your people. And I've seen LinkedIn doing that. I have seen PayPal doing that. I've seen Mike doing that. What I've also seen that a lot of companies are using their social media to share something about the Blackout Tuesday. But what I haven't seen is that they are standing up for diversity, standing up against racism, speaking up against racism. So I am challenging the companies in Europe. I'm challenging the companies in Amsterdam. I'm challenging the companies in the Netherlands. It's time to attack racism. It's time to say that you're supporting diversity. You're supporting everybody in the workplace. You're supporting all people. Because the way you act now, that's how we will remember you if you're a supporting or if you're a silence. And in the Netherlands, we have a saying, silence is approving whatever is happening is good. I know I'm not, I might not be translating it right, but there, there is a saying, stilzwijgen is toestemmen. So silencing is approving whatever is happening now. And we don't want to approve that. Thank you, Emily, for supporting me. And thank you for allowing me to share your post. I really appreciate it. And I also want to say thank you, LinkedIn, for making a point that we need to stand together, we're in it together, and we need to change this direction. Whew. Thank you, Mary Lou. I was having a hard time sharing this because again, it comes to my heart when everything that touches my soul, my, my son touched my soul, and I have to do something about this. Um, I almost had doubt to to not go live tonight, but this is my way of speaking up. This is my way of supporting everybody who's facing these challenges this day. Know that I support you. I love you. And I am standing there next to you because we need to speak up. We can't tolerate this anymore. And Rashida is saying, thank you for sharing your feelings so openly, Vivian. We are all equal. We are all part of one race, the human race. And now is the time to suffocate racism and social injustice. We can be silent no more. And I agree. Yes. Thanks, Rashida, for translating. Silence equal consent. Again, I'm challenging all the companies in the Netherlands to speak up. I am seeing so many companies in the States talking about this, standing up against racism, saying something that they need to support the human race. And when your company has a social uh, social report, uh, social, I'm, I'm lost the words, but you know what I mean, the social, um, the corporate social reporting, when your company is doing that and making statements regarding inclusion and diversity, know that we will remember this. We will remember where you were during this time, during the death of an innocent life. There are too many people dying innocently just because of the fact that people think that they are animals, just because of the fact that people think that they have no right to live. And I'm not taking this any longer. I have an obligation as a mother. I have an obligation as a black sister. I have the obligation. I'm going to bring in the speaker for today and know that the upcoming episodes, I will pay more attention to this. I will speak up for those who can't. We can't do this anymore. The next speaker for today, Ava Fisser. Ava Fisser Plaza is the founder of the holistic boutique coaching practice, Ava Authentic Living. 
She helps women reconnect with their body and soul, design careers, businesses full of purpose and well-being and life balance, conscious life. Thank you, Ava, for being here. And also thank you for letting me have my rant about this because I felt the need to speak up. So thank you. But this is this is this is where it's about, Vivian. You're living the example of female leadership. We don't have to talk about female leadership anymore. This is it. We do, we do, we do, because there's a lot more to say about this. So it's so great. It that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What? No. Share. Share what you have to share. Share. I want to thank you for your courage, and I want to thank you that you are really living what you believe in. Um, because it takes courage to um, share this, what you just shared. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is a form of leadership. You mm -hmm. share your heart, you share your soul, you bring in your son, which is very, very vulnerable. It's your family, it's your heart. Every mother knows how dear, well, dear, it's, it's like our children are everything. Mm -hmm. And exactly that, when you share, when you said to me, you know what I'm going to share about my son, I just had the chills like, yeah, it's it's amazing that these things happen to, it, it's amazing what happens and that if we have to, what happens to the next generation? I hope that there will be a generation where we won't have to demonstrate for these things. It's, and until then. It's our equal right to yeah. be standing next to you, to be talking to you and to just live, to just breathe. Right, so Rashida is also saying hi. <laughs> I hi, see there is a small <laughs> world. <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> hi, Rashida. Hmm. So coming back to the first question, what is mm -hmm. your connection with humanizing the workplace? Well, my connection with humanizing the workplace is my own experience. I, uh, ten years Until 10 years ago, I, I worked uh, as a project manager in an international consultancy firm. And I became a mother. And um, mm. when I became a mother, everything shifted for me. Uh, I didn't understand what I was experiencing. I was this prototype of hardworking, high-achieving woman. I wanted to have a career, and I was very ambitious. And then my firstborn came now 11 years ago. And it was also the first time that I was like six months out of the workforce and not learning or um, not working or uh, or learning. And then when I came back, I was just like, what are all these people doing here? They're just running around for 12 million euros for this program. There was a transition program for a big company where we were working for, for a big team. And I just felt a disconnect with their world. And, and I was very confused because I was living something different in my private life. And I felt the strong disconnect of that private life in my work life because everything what was very feminine was not welcome hmm. so um it was like i put we all put a suit on all these consultants put a suit on whoop, the moment that they entered the workplace and i was like oh now we have to behave differently now we have to like i like to laugh for example i'm were very, you were you aware that you were different before you became a mother afterwards of course mm -hmm. but in the moment that i came back i didn't i was just like confused i didn't recognize myself anymore and just like now or years later because i i went into a burnout um or a crisis like so, things were not aligned with me anymore and years later i saw oh it was because uh, I didn't allow myself to be human mm -hmm. because I don't blame the workplace. It's more, I, I didn't know how to express, Hey, this is what I need because I didn't know what I needed. Um, so that's my first connection with humanizing the workplace. And then later on I gave trainings and, and things and I coach people to be, to be a human at the workplace. To to be a human at the workplace Which and not be like, <laughs> not a warrior like I am this warrior and I have an armor on and then from that armor I will work. That's exhausting. It is. It is. So that's a little. That's my connection with humanizing the workplace. <laughs> cool. Yeah. 
So I have a question for you. How to create a safe space as a leader for employees to thrive at work and create meaning? Well, I have to um, I have to think about a few things, but one of the things that I do feel like is a must-have ingredient for doing that is trust. Trust your people and create that safety where they can be themselves, where they can uh, show up and um, do the work that they need to do, but also show up when they are vulnerable. Because I personally had occasions where I was vulnerable and it bit me, it bit me back, it bit me, it, it wasn't positive, it wasn't seen positive. And I was told like, we don't need your emotions here. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to bring in your emotions. And um, I think that every parent that has seen the movie Inside Out, if you haven't seen it, watch the trailer on uh, on YouTube or Google Inside Out, which is showing the emotions of uh, a teenage girl. And um, she has all these different emotions. She has sadness. She has happiness. She has, uh, what is it? She has angry. She has the the question mark face or the question mark person. And they are trying to fade out sadness, but without sadness, you cannot generate happiness. There is this yin and yang when it comes to emotions and not being able to allow to be yourself. That is something that we need to work on. And I'm challenging leaders to be vulnerable. When you are vulnerable, you get vulnerable reactions. And if not, go to a, a team training to become more vulnerable together because without your team, you can't lead, you can't manage. When it comes to create meaning, we sometimes think that the meaning that has to come from, you know, from the top, from the CEO or from the manager, but you create meaning together. That's when the team owns the company. That's when the team is carrying the company on their shoulders. So create a safe environment and create trust and don't be afraid to show your vulnerability yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so where you said something about female leadership, but I'm thinking about the people that aren't aware of female leadership. So that's why I have the next question for you. What is your definition of female leadership? Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's um, I have to explain a little bit here more because there is not just one definition here. Um, and again, I'm going to approach it with in a feminine way. That's and why I'm asking for your definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is not the like, Wikipedia version. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm going to give you my feminine, uh, my feminine version, and also the mm -hmm. approach, the way of thinking, uh, what I bring in. Because it's not a, this is the definition, boom, that would be very male. Male, not as in gender, but as in a trade or an approach. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, I have been thinking about this question and it's twofold. So um, for me, I added feminine because I work mainly with women. And um, I see that for women, leadership works differently than for men. Mm -hmm. um, so for me in general, feminine leadership is for every woman specifically now. And I hope that feminine leadership is for everybody. But for now, it's just, it's just for women. Working, not working, mothers, volunteers, whatever, but it's for women. You're a woman and then this is, it, this is for you. And, and, and it's about becoming aware of who you are besides who you think you are or who people say to you who you are. Mm -hmm. um, gaining consciousness and then from that consciousness that knowing yourself learning to regulate yourself and also learn to influence the circumstances not that you are a boat on the sea and that you are like oh the, i don't know where i'm going but it's more this is where i would like to go and then life throws things at you or us and how to navigate that that is for me feminine leadership in general and then there is that, is that with the tom tom or without a tom tom on the boat? 
<laughs> the tom tom is inside in us. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we need to learn and discover. Yeah. Um, where we bring in our inner compass that we go beyond. So we take serious what our mind is saying, but we also take serious what our body and soul is saying. Mm -hmm. And it's learning to listen to that again. What is my body saying? What is the information of my body? Not just my gut, but also I have a headache. What what does the headache tell me? What I have a stomach ache. What does the stomach ache tell me? Because we like we we have learned that the this is the mind, and then the rest is the body. But mm -hmm. this is the body. <laughs> this is the body. The body is including our brain. Yeah. Um. So that's the holistic part, like including in leadership the mind and the body and the soul, and everything is equal to each other. I have to add that feminine leadership for um, women who are in leadership positions is specifically to help them unlearn their armor. Yeah? Am I not there anymore? Vivian, am I not there? Hello. We are experiencing a small hiccup, but if you have any questions to, for Ava, just let me know so that I can uh, address them to Ava. And I will send Ava a, a message. Am I still not there? Yes, you're here now. Oh, okay. So that was the hiccup. Yeah, that was the hiccup. So, so what, I, mm -hmm. what I was saying is that for that is in general, self-awareness and self-regulation, but for women in leadership positions, it's unlearning their armor. Because mm. I think that a lot of female leaders or female women in leadership positions, they have a great armor. And their armor are, their, are the male traits. So they have hidden the vulnerability, they've hidden the sensitivities, they've unlearned their intuition. And it's like relearning to trust that. Mm -hmm. um, so that they can really connect with their team, like you said, like trust, create that trust and create. Because if somebody's vulnerable, you trust that person just a little bit more. Yeah, true. Instead of this is the face. What is yeah. people are not stupid, you know? Well, sometimes people don't know how to deal with those emotions. So I've um, I've come to the occasion, and also people told me about their situation when they become vulnerable, when they cry in front of their team members or their manager. Um, sometimes people don't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that you can do is what can I do to support you? Because I'm not asking you to solve my problems. I'm asking you just to lend your ear or be there or support me at that time. And that's all you can offer. Which is very feminine, to be present. You don't have to yeah. do... And we are so unfamiliar, we are, have unlearned to have feelings and emotions that people mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. This yeah. whole process, when I, when, I when I work with clients, the, the process of um, giving permission to feel mm -hmm. is very uncomfortable. But the person who feels comfortable with being uncomfortable, for me, that is like a, a definite leadership trait because you are, we are human. Okay, but th this brings me to the next question, and that is uh, something that I see a lot of female uh, facing, encountering when they are uh, heading towards their glass ceiling. So what mm -hmm. can female leaders do to overcome barriers in their career? Yeah, first of all, when like this for me, a barrier and a glass ceiling, so a glass ceiling could be a barrier, but mm -hmm. I know that it's there is much more to it. Yeah. It's unpacking. It's it's like really when there is a barrier, what is this barrier? Uh, mm -hmm. Identify that barrier. Put focus and attention to what is it. Unpack it. Um, because you will see that the barrier is not about the barrier. It's about how we deal with that barrier. Mm -hmm. And there is always a lot of fear um, in ourselves. So that is... A barrier is always like a learning experience for me. So it's not, oh, I see a problem. I have to, uh, I have to uh, solve that problem. No, it is what wants to happen here. What is this learning experience about? That's how I see a barrier. Mm -hmm. And uh, a glass ceiling is a concept. So I unpack that with women 
um, to identify what this is for you. Does, what does this mean? What does it trigger you? Mm -hmm. So that it's not a barrier anymore, but something that they see differently. So getting perspective is very important. Um, and to feel... Or you're dismantling the problem yeah. or you're dismantling the mountain that they see on, As uh, a barrier. on their road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's what, how I see barriers. Mm -hmm. It's just an approach. It's a, if you can see it with a much more space, it's not a, a barrier. It's a learning experience. It's a growth experience, basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Which three female strengths can we all develop more in the workplace? What do you think? Empathy. Mm -hmm. That's lacking um, in the workplace, but also just as a general. I think when when looking at my my son and also looking at other children, we all have the empathy gen within us. But along the way, some somewhere, I don't know when, it is deactivated or it's switched off. So I encourage all the leaders to do something about it. Activate your empathy or increase your empathy because with empathy, you can win so much more. Um, another thing that I believe that is necessary when you see all these companies, startups or huge corporate companies, it isn't built with one person. You build it with a team. And that's something that we women, we really do. We want to do things together. We want to support the person. We want to collaborate more. And once you put emphasize on doing teamwork, doing team building, uh, because team building isn't you know just one day, um, one day doing an activity and think that you have built your team. It's a relationship that you're working on. So invest in team building, invest in playful things, but also invest in taught, planting taught seeds where you can grow each other. You can help each other grow and develop within the team. Um, another thing that I also, um, that we women also have is the caregiving part. We care to the extent that we care more about the other person than, than ourselves. But what others can learn from that is we put others first, which is, isn't selfish, which is a kindness from our heart. And um, I think that when, when I look at these ingredients, I also do that. I also do that with this platform. There's a reason why you're seeing more women uh, on this platform because apparently they're, they can't, they cannot be found. Well, I am encouraging you to look up the women that I'm interviewing. There's a reason why I am interviewing people of color. There's a reason why I am discussing certain topics because I feel like it's, it isn't amplified enough. So um, this platform for me is a way to plant thought seeds and to think about how you can develop your team in a whole instead of you know looking at just one skill or looking only at the productivity um, try to try to try to include these ingredients and you have so much more to win together with your team beautiful <laughs> just saying, listening. yeah because i enjoy listening yeah. to you thank you i appreciate that thank yeah. you so um, what is the advice you would give to the next generation of female leaders? Okay, I'm, I'm bracing myself. Should I, should I brace myself? Because I feel like there is a, a whole load coming up. No, I want to, I like to be, uh, you know, I like to be concrete and short mm -hmm. and um, uh, simple. Yeah. One of the things that I have learned with from my life and from working with women mostly, which has been organically happens, which has organically happened in the past years. I haven't I haven't I've never said, Oh, I want to work with women. It happens. Mm 
-hmm. It's my journey and it's the journey of these women. When I work now with women who are maybe 10 years younger than I am or, or 12, they're in beginning 30s, I'm in my 40s, I, I always say to them, you know what? What's, what, does it, what do you need, what does it take to believe in yourself? Mm. What helps you to believe and take your qualities serious? Every single woman is doubting her abilities. No. From the EMEA director of a big corporate organization, 40 plus, to the, pers- to the woman, the woman who's, who starts at 23. They are all doubting their capabilities. Yeah. I am doing can I, it. Can yeah. I say something about that? Because um, I only talk from the experience that I see with my son, but also his friends. Mm-hmm. And guys have this brag thing gene going on at a young age. When I look at the way I was raised, but also look at the other small children, we sometimes need to sit still. We sometimes need to look pretty. Mm-hmm. There is a certain standard that we need to uphold. And my son is six and he's bragging. And I'm just like, where does this come from? Why aren't, aren't women or children or girls being taught how to brag so that they can use it in a later end? Well, I see that there is a conditioning and mm. um, and it's biological. There is something biological and there is something yeah. conditional. When I, uh, I have two boys, I have two sons. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to, when I wanted to uh, raise them in the beginning, like, okay, how can I be a good parent for boys? Because mm-hmm. I am a woman. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they think. Yeah, <laughs> book. still don't know. <laughs> no, still don't know. I don't know how men or boys yeah. think because we're yeah we're different. We're equal, but we're yeah. different. We're True. wired differently or conditioned differently. Whatever reason, yeah. in the book it says, uh, "Girls want to be good. They want to have approval, and boys don't. You have to yeah. demand their respect." So it's a very different way of upbringing. And that's the second thing that I want to, that I always say. Don't try to be the good girl. Yeah. Don't try to be the good girl. Don't try to harm, harmonize the workplace. You have no. to be disruptive. You have to sometimes be assertive. You have to confront. These are male traits. It's not only embracing the feminine traits, but also you can step in and say, like, what you're doing now is like your vocal, you're amplifying your voice. You're share, You're using a voice. Mm-hmm. It takes courage to do that. Yeah. Because we have something to say about what Rashida is sharing when the it comes to imposter syndrome. Oh, because, yeah. oh boy, did I face <laughs> that. And I sometimes do have that. When I'm doing something that is beyond my com- out of my comfort zone, I have this little auntie sitting, or not, not one auntie, no, three aunties sitting on my shoulder saying, who do you think you are? Where, mm-hmm. what are you going to talk about? What are you doing? And I have to beat those aunties away before I, I can't embark the new journey. Well, I always say, you know, in the imposter syndrome, it's the ego, uh, it's the ego mechanism that is active. Mm-hmm. And if those aunties are sitting there, who do you think you are? Who? Yeah. You're in a good spot because you're out of your comfort zone. And 98, 98% of the people are, do not want to be in, mm-hmm. the, in the comfort zone. So the imposter syndrome only happens when we are out of our comfort zone. Yeah. It doesn't happen when we are safe, when we are yeah. at home, when we are hiding. It doesn't happen there. The imposter syndrome is when we are on stage, uh, when we are uh, giving a presentation, where we're on the line, when we have a difficult conversation, when we are ex- feeling exposed. It's the ego mechanism of uh, the ego mechanism that says, uh-uh, "You're not safe anymore. Here, you have to. Are you good enough? Are you this? Are you that?" Mm-hmm. It's the it's the good girl. It's the good girl mechanism. Yeah. Because then you're not safe anymore. Yeah. So befriending in the imposter is befriending those elements in us and then say, thank you very much. You've done a good job, but I'm now going to do this. I'm an adult. I'm not a young girl anymore. Because it's just what would you tell yourself 15 years ago? <laughs> Relax. Yeah. Relax. Nothing will, nothing will thre- th- threaten you. It was also like, oh, 
relax, everything, all is well. That's what I would say to me, to myself. 15 years ago, relax, don't try so hard. Okay. Simp do whatever you feel is good for you. These just very simple advices. I can like wire up for certain things or be panicky about things which are not worth being panicking about. We feel threatened sometimes, but it's not a threat. We're not, we're not in danger. That's what I would well, say. Sometimes people can make us feel this way, but I understand, I understand where you're coming from. So let's go to the next. Yes. What keeps organizations? Yeah, this is, this is where I'm very interested in. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I, I think not knowing what they can expect ah, and not also knowing. not knowing to invest in developing these strengths. Oh, That's what know. I see. Okay. So I am happy to at least know an organization or at least know the nonprofit organization from uh, Lean In in the Netherlands where they are helping companies to uh, be aware, raise awareness, uh, talk about the biases, but also talk about developing yourself and I have gotten to know so many female ladies, uh, bosses who are taking over the world. They don't know that I'm talking about them, but they will after this session because <laughs> uh, during this period of this lockdown, which can be challenging, which can be uh, challenging to your mental mind, your mental health. It can be challenging for, especially for the parents who are dealing with homeschooling at the moment. And also after reading this article, uh, I think it was in the Guardian where a lot of women are uh, lessening their, their working hours because they can't do both. And a lot of the pressure, a lot of the workload from home is on their shoulders. And I would say we need to do something about that. As a company, I think also a company needs to say something about that. If the partner of your talent is having, is maybe a doctor or is, a, is working in a vital uh, expertise or has a vital expertise or is doing something where there is a lot of load on your employee, speak on it raise awareness, talk about it, that, you know, as a team, we're here to support each other. As a team, we can fix this. It's not about being productive, especially productive up to the par where you can deliver up to 100% or maybe 200% as you did before, because we are dealing with unprecedented times at the moment. We are dealing with new challenges. And I feel that companies need to speak up and help and support their people. What your boat, the way you are controlling your boat is different than the way I am steering my boat. And so we are all in the same storm, but we don't have all, we don't have the same boats. We all have different boats and we need to mm -hmm. be supported in that, how to rock our own boats. Yeah, and I would like to add something also to that because you know, you, as an independence, uh, you bring up um, difficult topics mm -hmm. or courageous topics. And for, for what I'm seeing, because I'm working with women who are in that situation, they're pressuring mm -hmm. themselves, they're not speaking up. No. They are they're feminine leaders and they are homeschooling their children and they're trying to be productive, mm -hmm. but they are not saying, this is not okay for me. We have no. to organize this differently. And organizations can do it, but these women are part of the organization. So yeah. I am encouraging them. What works for you? And share that with the organization. Yes. They don't and feel also share, And also share that with each other, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm turning 40. And last year I had this aha moment like, okay, I need to do something. Not that I have to do something radical, but I need to do something for me. And I need to do something that changed the world. And that's what I'm doing with humanizing the workplace but i have to admit that that aha moment mm -hmm. or that switch to put my beyonce on and say i'm running the world it happened when i became a mom mm -hmm. 
And I was just like, all this time I could have done something. Not that I am ashamed or embarrassed or regret what I did before becoming a mom, but I do want to say that Oh, now I don't see you. Has the opportunity in generation. Because if we don't share, nobody knows and everybody has to discover everything on their own. And there is also so much knowledge in books, right? So if you can't find the mentors, um, can't find the mentors within your circle, find books, find Lean In, look up Lean In. They have so many, you know, inspiring uh, circles and inspiring people, but also look up LinkedIn. I mean, within a short time, uh, I also have to say props to Gary, but also I've met so many wonderful people during this lockdown. And I, it has opened my world. I do have to say I... I have my introvert days on so on my introvert times I just would like to say um, I need my me time to recover from everything especially after this conversation today because the topic was loaded but mm -hmm. um, I'm glad to meet people like you I'm glad to meet people uh, who are in Singapore or in the States because it makes the world a smaller place instead of the hugeness so I would say Yes, you can depend on the companies, but also I would like to encourage the female leaders and also men. Men can be an ally, right, for female leaders. Oh, yeah. To for sure. help mentor <clears throat> those you think that they might need your help or your support and speak up. If it's not within the company, then find ways to maybe mentor somebody outside of the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Men can also be, like men can also be, men are. <laughs> no, no I, I, think, I think a huge example of uh, somebody who touches uh, his feminine side is Mo Gaudat. Mm -hmm. he, he speaks on, about that. But also another good example is Obama. Yeah, I, wa I was thinking about him. Like, <laughs> he's using, he's saying, hey, yeah. I am the partner of, I am husband of Michelle Obama. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And he's so, for me, he is a great example of a lead. For mm -hmm. me, it is feminine leadership, what he does. Yeah. It's not, no, it's, I call it now feminine leadership. And I just want to call it like in the future leadership that it's not, yeah. uh, maybe I'm going too fast because for another question, mm -hmm. I would like to say something about this. What is David Pushkin saying? So many good takeaways. David Pushkin is saying so many good takeaways and nuggets. Oh. So he's saying a lot to us. Thank you for oh, being yeah. our ally and also yeah. supporting Thank the show. David. And uh, <laughs> Rashida also said something about, yeah, she loves that advice, Eva. We all need to hear that. So thank you. Thank you, Rashida. Thank you for sharing. And also, um, we also FOMO. suffer from FOMO, from fear of missing out. We do. We do a lot. We do. Yeah. We do. So going back to the next question, what mm -hmm. is some of the advice you would like to share young women when they are entering a male dominated profession or work field. So um, I am asking this question because when I started my career, um, I was working in finance. I started at a huge big five accountancy firm. You can look at my LinkedIn, which big five it is. I'm not going to say their names, <laughs> uh, but um, I would have loved your advice when I started 20 years ago. Mm. Can I share my advice? Okay, I've written it down because I have several and, and I know that my mind doesn't work properly in the moment, so. Yeah, <laughs> just, one. just share them, yeah. <laughs> okay, one, I'm repeating what I said before. Don't mm -hmm. try to be a good girl. Two, do not try to be one of the boys. Because mm. what some girls try yes. to do, they were in a very technical environment and they want to hang out with the boys. Don't do that. Don't try to be one of the boys. You are a woman and they mm. are men. We are different. Um, even if some people are disagreeing with me, that's fine. But I just believe that we are different. We are equal, but we are different. Mm -hmm. 
um, take your time to observe when you enter uh, the workplace or a male-dominated world, which is the workplace in general. Women are working only 60 to 70 years at the workplace. We started as secretaries and receptionists and all of that uh, as assistants, not being taken seriously. So it, we're, it's a very young, in a timescale of thousands of years, it's mm -hmm. very young. So take your time and space to observe the environment. See how I see how the circus is displaying because you're in the circus. And also do not take it so serious. Don't identify yourself with the role that you're having. Women are just so eager to, and this is, and they take stuff sometimes personal, but it, it's not necessary. Um, that's three, four, be aware of how you respond. So like observe also yourself. Um, how you get triggers or what happens. Yeah. It's a very important one, especially when you have your stressors mm -hmm. that you know how to control yourself and know how to react instead of being the gazelle of the, or the, or you can be the gazelle or the lion in this case. Yeah. 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 And of course it happens because when you're young and when you're, you're just inexperienced and you, and many are driven and ambitions and, oh, mm -hmm. if I, and I want to adjust, I want to please, all of these things yeah. are. So it's seeing that, giving yourself time and space to see that, oh, I'm trying to please. Oh, I don't, I want to harmonize the situation, but that's not bringing the best out of you. Yeah. So therefore, what you said before, it's so super important to create allies. Yeah. Women need other women and men, but but they need women too. I have every week I have since two months a feminine circle. I always thought, oh, feminine circles. Ugh. Actually, it makes me a better person. It makes mm -hmm. them a better person. We are just sharing, meditate. We're doing meditations. I'm the facilitator, and I was always a little bit wary about it. But it's something happens when women in a circle or in a group are sharing and. Yeah responding with respect yeah. so having somebody who listens and asks questions and then maybe gives feedback but just being heard is so crucial in the beginning because then you take yourself serious because you feel validated by somebody mm -hmm. and the insecurity lowers because women need more confidence more grounded confidence because then they can say hey this is my voice Something is wrong here. Something is off here. I wanna, I wanna have this difficult conversation, even if you're 25. Yeah. If you're fierce and you believe in yourself, you do that. I see young people do that. Then I'm saying, wow, I wish I would have done that at 25. They are or more courageous yeah. now, but still, Ooh, in the yeah. end, sometimes they are too courageous. Where I am <laughs> thinking about, okay, I hope that you think about the effects afterwards because we're. There are some things doing things too fast, too soon. Yeah. But that's part of being young because yeah. when you're young, you're naive and you're idealistic. And then when you're mm -hmm. 40, it's like, oh, yeah, things work. You have more life experience. So, yeah, yeah it's a little yeah. bit different. That's we're what almost, I would say. We're almost at the end. Mm -hmm. So, the last question is. What is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and female leadership? I would love to see more. I would love to see organizations. Like mm -hmm. if you would be the voice of an organization, mm -hmm. that's what I would love to see. Yeah. That female leaders in organizations are sharing what you shared at the beginning. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would love to see. And that they're not... Uh, they don't have a policy of, hmm, can we do that or not? Like, this is how we really authentically, vulnerably think about situations. We feel responsible for what happens with people, with the earth. Because yeah. feminine leadership is not about us. It's about a whole organism where we're all living in. Yeah, it's about the collaborating part, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also the effects on, you know, it's um, organizations are just organisms. Mm -hmm. um, and we are part of that. We contribute with our work, but it's an organism. And if yeah. if women and men can share honestly um, where they care for and they stand mm -hmm. for, that's what I would love to see. 
just want. I also want to say something I forgot to mention. Lou, thank you for watching, and Rishida also thank you for watching. And in my world, I have seen, or not in my world, I've seen amazing women step up. When it comes to this lockdown, I have to say props to the lady of New Zealand. So the, the prime minister of New Zealand, mm -hmm. I have to say props to Michelle Obama. I have to say props to, um, to Minda Hartz. For those of you who don't know her, I interviewed her a long time ago and she's the lady behind the memo. Uh, she's the author behind the memo. I have... Uh, talk to Kanika Tolver. I've talked to so many beautiful, wonderful female leaders. And I want you to, I want to encourage you to investigate, to look out for those leaders, to amplify those leaders. We need allies, we need support, and we need you to see us, to validate us, and to uh, raise the bar because that's what you want for your daughters. That's what you want for mm -hmm. your son. That's what you want for the generation in general. And we need women. We need women for this. Mm -hmm. because you, when you speak, you don't speak your mind. You speak your no. mind and your heart and your soul. No. And no. when people hear that, something happens. No. And that's what we need. We need that feeling again, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I get goosebumps. I get touched. And then I no. feel engaged. Me, as in as in the audience, yeah. not just me, Ava, but the audience. We yeah. need women, it's, and it's also time for women. Yeah, we don't I have totally agree. Women anymore. Hmm? I want to say thank you for, thank you for having an me. awesome guest, but also yeah. thank you for, for being the support that I needed today to, to do this, to have this conversation. And I hope that we inspired the people that are watching. And if you're watching the replay, uh, please let us know what you learned from this, because I really, you know, we want to inspire people. We want to plant mm -hmm. thought seeds and hope that you use this thought seed to pay it forward, to humanize the workplace or to humanize your environment, the environment that you are in, because we need that at a moment. And Eva, thank you so much for being an awesome guest, being you, being unique and being patient <laughs> with me <laughs> i really enjoyed this session yeah me too and, and for the the listeners the guest speakers or the, sorry the listeners the, those who are watching live those who are listening to this uh replay or watching this replay i want to say thank you know that next week we will have a, a conversation about um inclusive diversity mm. Which direction we are going to go, I have to think about it because due to what happened recently, I have to rewrite my script a little bit, but no, it will be somewhere about what happened last week, but also uh, we are also going to keep that conversation going about inclusive diversity and know that upcoming Thursday will be a Dutch broadcast. So if you're English, tune in next week, Tuesday, and otherwise, if you're Dutch or you can understand Dutch, tune in upcoming Thursday. My name is Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate, mother of Orlando, and I am tired of fighting for my rights. I'm tired of for fighting for the rights of uh, people of color, but it's needed. And that's why I decided to speak about it today. So thank you for watching and until next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.